What's going on, everybody? My name is Angel, and this is Fight Over Flight. Today, we have an amazing guest who went from sleeping in his car to having multiple barbershops. Uh, let's take this journey and just talk about mindset shifts going from poverty to thriving. And um, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you genuinely listen and give us feedback on these episodes. This is Josh Morales. All right, so we're, mute. We're rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. Yo, I can't believe it's his birthday, though. I know. So you're we gonna to say happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah. Can we do the the, uh, the sole happy birthday, though? Yo, you need the happy birthday button right here. So happy oh. birthday oh, to you. Oh yeah. Happy birthday. You got dance, bro. You got dance. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> For those that don't know, our producer, videographer, extraordinaire. Mute the Wolf on Instagram. It's his birthday today. That's right. He's turning a, a fresh Happy 21 birthday. years old. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> like he's, he should be with his family, but he's out here with the podcast Hustling, right now. man. Hustling. I love Fight it. or flight. That's right, baby. Fight or flight. That's right. I'm so excited to be here with you guys right now. Yeah. Like, I, it's like clashing of worlds for me because it's like my creative world. And Josh has been back in my creative creativity since mm -hmm. like we've met. And then just like the things that we've started, it, it's like all coming together and converging. It's kind of like what Ty Lopez talks about, um, a life of integration mm -hmm. where nothing is separate spheres. Everything is just kind of combined all your, you know, social circles and stuff. So this is special for me, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited because... You know me, I, I love these interviews. This yeah. is like the heart and soul of the podcast. It's the interviews with, with guests just hearing resilient stories from resilient people. Yeah. And we want the listeners to know that whatever they're struggling through, there are winners, there are fighters out there like this gentleman here today who we're going to hear from. Uh, definitely. Uh, it's yeah, a so pleasure, let's guys. Introduce yourself. Uh, so I'm Joshua Morales, um, owner of uh, Morales Barber House, uh, also City Cigar Products. Uh, you know, rocking and rolling from originally Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, so shout out to the Art Factory. Nice so shout out. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but it's a pleasure with you guys. Awesome, Definitely. man. So now you're saying you're owner of a, of a barbershop. So tell, tell us what you do for a living. You own one, two? Uh, so <clears throat> coming back from, obviously, I worked, you know, lived in Patterson, worked there. Uh, probably about a, almost a dozen barbershops. Uh, shout out to a few of them. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, it was a, a wild trip to know that, a barbershop is like the cornerstone of the community, mm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have, you have men uh, or boys that go there and learn how to be men, learn how to sit down, learn how to, you know, uh, uh, talk shit, learn mm -hmm. how, you know. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, and, and it was crazy because when I first got brought into that world, it was not only the barbering, it was probably about a 14, 15. Uh, and I was at a, a thrift store, uh, a thrift shop. And my parents asked me, they were like, oh, you got one thing. Uh, mm. uh, it was one of those big ones, you know, like in PA, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. The, you know right, right. They were like, oh, you get one thing. And I got a buzzer. <laughs> so I started cutting my little brother. I started cutting like all my neighborhood friends. Nice. And uh, it was crazy, uh, you know. Uh, so so 15 years old you started? Well, that, that was probably about 13, 14. Wow. Then like around 15, I started, you know, I was in high school. Yep. Started getting my friends to get, you know, me chipping them up. Nice. It was like five dollar shave ups, ten dollar haircuts, <laughs> yeah. you know. By the time I met Josh, you were like you were probably seventeen, sixteen. But um I lived I lived down the road from him a little bit, but he would always have like tons and tons of people in his basement just getting haircuts. Yeah, like, like one one man there. operation. Yeah. You know, one light bulb on on, on the on the top. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was, was a lot like, like this it. place actually. Just imagine this place dark with one hanging light wow, bulb. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it was cool. So you worked your way through barbershops and then now you own two of them, I believe, right? Yes, sir. Wow. And what are the names again? Uh, Morale Barber House. Okay. And where, where is that? So the uh, We have know. one in Mawa and one in Midland Park. New okay. Jersey. Yeah. Okay. New yeah. Jersey. So if you're in the Midland Park or Mawa area, come yeah. get a haircut, baby. Burn County. And yeah, we're definitely going to be in Patterson soon. We just wanted to uh, uh, establish the Establish, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Damn, that's awesome. We man. do a lot of outreach though in Patterson. You know, every year we do something for the kids and uh, we've done a lot of stuff with the Home Depot, ShopRite. Uh, things of that nature. Yeah, one of the things that I was a part of for them was uh, Cuts for Kids, which is, mm. you know, you go into a, a public school in Patterson and just all the kids that show up, give them all haircuts just wow. for free. And it's usually around this time of year, too. So it's something great that, that they're um, doing consistently. That's powerful, year. man. Yeah, yeah. got to do it. Yeah, giving back to your community because you said you were born, raised in Patterson with a school in Patterson, too? Uh, so actually, my parents, and I'm very, very thankful. Um, and I feel like this was my transition to be able to say, you know, from Patterson to now my parents 
uh, wanting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what every generation should do. Mm-hmm. You know, from Patterson, like the hustle and bustle, and then we move up to uh, Prospect Park, which is like borderline. Uh, now you're like in between Patterson and Wayne, mm. you know, those little towns. Right. Uh, so I got to go to Manchester. Uh, shout out Manchester, class of 05. <laughs> there you go. You know, old guy, damn, we're talking about like I went to 15 years there. ago. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, I went to summer school there, and the first day that I was there, I was getting like kind of bullied by people, uh-huh. and I just told them that I knew Josh. And that and, was uh, it. And that was it. They were like, Barbara, oh, snap, you cool, you cool. <laughs> it's fun stuff. That's cool. Now, what what got you into wanting to be a barber? Because so people, people become barbers, but then maybe go somewhere else. What made you want to stick with it and then start a business behind it? Uh, so it's funny because throughout high school I did that, and then after the fact, um, I actually went to the Navy uh, for about uh, four or five months, and uh, my appendix ruptured in there. Mm. So they sent me home on a medical discharge. You know, so I went through the whole boot camp process. I saw my my people graduate. You know, I was I was mad, but it was like you know, it was an uh, an, uh, an awe-inspiring mm. situation where you're like, you know what, I have to make a choice. Right. So I was there for uh, my mom's birthday, my, uh, you know, uh, Christmas, New Year's. I ended up coming back uh, after my birthday, actually, which is in February. And, um, yeah, it was funny, man. It was, like, crazy because I jumped back into it, and I was like, you know what? What am I doing? I have a skill. I can use it. Mm. Uh, I did do some corporate work for a little bit, but I remember walking into a job. I was working at a medical billing spot. I was getting paid decent money, like mm-hmm. 15 20 an hour, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I was like, you know what? I can make more cutting hair if I just did professionally and, yep. and you know, concentrate it. And, that, and that's a, not to, I'm sorry, yeah, no, but man. that's a rare thing for people to kind of realize at a, at a young age, you know, taking the skill that they have and just kind of running with it to the, to the biggest extreme. Well, the know? thing that got me, I walked in on a Monday and I saw, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person, hey, how's it going, guys? And I saw people just miserable. Mm. And I was like, I don't need this. Like, I can make money myself. I just need, the, like, machines in my hands and I can do it, Right. you know? Yeah, you uh, set your own schedule, yeah. you, you have clients that you genuinely yeah. like and that like you. People want a master's in, in, in you know, X, Y, Z, but you know how to freaking build a house. You never go out of business. Yeah, it's right. true. And now what, but tell me, because I know a ton of barbers and I know a ton sure. of people who are in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and they're barbers. How did you take that jump to say, okay, I'm going to go from a barber to being an owner? Because that's a, that's a huge and scary jump. That's not a simple thing. So future yeah. so entrepreneurs <laughs> out there that are either cutting hair or they're, they're doing something similar, how do they go from being the employee to, to being the owner? Yo, shout out Pono Spring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bleep that out. Yeah, bleep that out because they're not paying us, man. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it was a process of me realizing that I can make bank doing this um and i think it's just a professionalism everybody wants to be um uh so there's two types of of barbers uh there's you know your hood barbers which i love but they're like smoking weed in the shop Mm -hmm. and like you know listening to like rap music with cursing Mm -hmm. which is you know cool in a certain i guess setting but you have a mom there with a kid Mm, and it's like you know yep so uh and then there's barbers that are like okay let's try to be on point, let's try to do things a certain way, elevate the service, you know, people are paying us for the service, you know, let's be conscious of that. I'm not saying I do it all the time, you know, I might run late on Angel if he comes by, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's definitely no, like, smoking weed in the shop right. and, and, you know, rap like music. So you keep but, it yeah. professional. Yeah, you have to. Now, what know? was the, what was your, like, to go from the barber to the owner, what was, like, the scariest thing for you? Um... It was making sure that uh, not only you're taken care of, uh, because being a barber is, is like you're in a community, and it's funny because the dynamics of it is like you're in a shop, but like here I can rent a chair for like 200 bucks. So now if my clients go to you, I'm going to be like, yo, you know what I mean? You're taking money out of our pocket. But now in a professional setting, it's like everybody's together, and like me as a boss, I'm like, okay, if you're eating and, and Ainge is not, then what am I doing wrong? Before, it was just like, yo, listen, I'm good. I have my people. So it was the shift from saying, like, I have to look out for my own, build my own clientele, to now I have a group of people that are relying on me. Yeah, and the collective. The collective, right. Yeah, because mm. it, it, it takes 
in my opinion, it kind of seems like it takes a different kind of leadership within the barbershop world to really run a shop because you have to be relatable. You have to know the ins and outs of the business and you have to be able to kind of Half say, of it is a haircut, but half of it is a personality. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's, and that's something like, you know, going to barbershops and I've been to a ton of different barbershops. I've been to hair salons and I've been to different places and the atmosphere is always different. And I think that would stop by us, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna come in, dude. I'm coming in. I mean, that's it. Now, now that I meet you, because that's the the. T- I want to get a haircut by someone who is a professional, but also creates an atmosphere that yeah. is welcoming. You, have to. you you can go to places like like you're saying. You know, there's weed, there's this, there's that. But then I've been into some places where, because that's a therapeutic experience. Right. Go to a barbershop or a hair salon. It's yeah. an escape. That's yeah. an escape, man. Yeah. You get to talk about like women that go to. Uh, Female ones, men that go to male, you get to talk, you get to just, you know, talk about life, enjoy enjoy the moment, you know, laugh. Yeah, That's big, man. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do the after hours with the guys, or, yep. you know, we do, you know, awesome. you know uh, wedding parties, yep. you know, so, uh, but there's a time and place for everything, you know. Good yeah, for you, for man. Sure. Good for you. Now, um, now we're going to kind of get deep now. We're going to dive into it. Now talk that we know me. a little bit about you, owner of two barbershops, you're a successful entrepreneur, you're, you're doing amazing. Uh, so, hold on. Oh, yeah, what is successful? <laughs> Well, what's it to you? I have the logo on my shirt. There you uh, go. That's, that's nice. You know. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, no. Well, you, for me, I mean, I don't know, and you can give me your, your definition of it. For me, success is when you can just continuously get better in whatever you're doing. So if you nice, want to... I like that. Yeah, so if you're a that's husband... A good, that's a good definition. Be a husband <laughs> better now than you were last week. Yeah. If you're, you went from being a, an employee to an owner, and the way that you're, you're talking about your leadership, saying that you want all of your barbers to eat and you're not going to say, well, I'm going to make all the money. No, like, let me take care of them. And you care about your customers, obviously. So all of that, to me, that just screams success, you know? It's good stuff. Yeah, I I think it has a lot to do with the metrics that you go by too, right? Mm -hmm. So success in business doesn't automatically equal success in your relationships or in your home life. And a lot of times people may think it's like one or the other, but really... I, in my opinion, a truly successful person knows how to manage and interact and intersect all those areas of their life and say all of them are healthy. Maybe you're not a billionaire, yeah, right. but at it's least a fun balance. Yeah, you're, at least you're in a healthy place. Yeah, and it, you know, and, and, I, and from my experience so far with you, I think that that's you, man. You're continuous. You're trying to thrive because you said it. You want to open up in Patterson. That's a thriving spirit. You know, I mean, it's only right. You know, yeah, it's a thriving spirit, and I like it. Got to get back to the hometown. Yeah, man. So let's dive in a little bit because there's a lot that we've talked about just throughout the years of knowing you that I kind of want to highlight within this, and I want to yeah, make sure we get it. to it. Whatever you guys um, want to do. So, w- what was like, let's say, top two most traumatic things that you've that you've kind of experienced in your life? Not necessarily in business, you know, just in general life and and the things that we go through as men, you know. Hmm. Top two. Maybe just one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yo, there's like so many that comes to yeah. mind right now. No, like, you right. can just even just start talking about it. not even the top two, because right now what we what we want is we want the people to see, okay, because right now I look at you, I meet you, you're a successful entrepreneur, you're a family man, you know, you're you're a giving man, you're this, you're that. Now, were you given all of this your whole life, and then you just kind of fell into it? How, how did you get this? What were the roadblocks, things of that nature? So, all if right. anyone's struggling, they can. They so. Can know. Uh, I guess I'll give you guys a timeline. Perfect. Right. Um, Grew up in Patterson uh, by school 15, which is like, it's like by east side, way on the other side of town, on the wrong tra- side of the tracks. But, you know, it was a good learning experience because, you know, I've learned that if you show respect to people, people will respect you, mm-hmm. mm. you know. Uh, so, and then parents moved up. That was maybe like, you know, 10, 12 parents moved up here. For about middle school, high school, error, and um, I started selling. Uh, you know what lean bears are? No. Oh yeah, the ice, the like yeah, little yeah, ices. Yeah, yeah. 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 Literally, no, no, literally, literally, all you have to do <laughs> yeah, is pour juice in a cup. It's the ices, and freeze baby. It, I love And them. then you sell them. You know, <laughs> coconut's my favorite. Twenty-five cents, fifty right. cents a pop. You know, yeah. yeah. The coconut, cherry. You know, yeah. It's a Puerto so Rican it's, thing. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. <laughs> so you start. Uh, so I started selling those with my brother, and then. Uh, I started going to a barbershop. My mom used to take me for haircuts by her stylist. And I was like, Mom, my haircut's not like my friends. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. have the lines. So he finally goes to a barbershop. I was like, yeah, I can do this. 
Uh, fast forward, go to to this uh, you know, uh, thrift uh, center, you know, mm-hmm. get a machine, start shooting my my friends up, and um, yeah, after that it was just a, a, a process. So moving forward, uh, I ended up going to uh, Manchester, and after that point, really realizing the whole thing with school and the professionalism um after that it really started getting real so uh, during high school I like you know and I don't encourage this at all but it really um taught me how things work um what do you, you mean know, by that so I started selling like weed when mm-hmm. I was in high school and because it was so convenient because I was in my you know basement Mm-hmm. cutting hair right it was know. easy to just make it a part of the yeah. services <laughs> and it was just like hey yeah you need this you know right which uh obviously i was a stupid kid for um but it taught me the the value of being um a necessity mm. if that makes sense so like supply and demand right the invisible hand of the market it's like if everybody's yeah, but, looking for this and you're the person that can yeah but more it. like if you're the cool guy okay so you're talking on a social level on a social level, because that's currency, mm. right? That's what you guys are doing here. That's what Instagram followers do. Mm-hmm. That's, you know? Right. Um, so after that point, that's when it really became like, okay, barber, now you're like the center of the town. You know everybody. I know everybody for everything. And now I'm, I'm like, you know, back then I used to run away from cops, but now I'm like, cool cops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love when we get 20% off for any uh, public officials here. You oh, know? there you go. Yeah, definitely. So you're, you start selling, right? Um, is that something that... Uh, you were conscious of going into it, like, I know this is the wrong choice, but this is something that I'm, I'm going to do anyway? Or was it something that was just opportunistic? Like, I'm just going to go with this because, you know, who's going to stop me? Like, what was your mentality like when you made that choice? Uh, influence. What do you mean? Because I used to hang out with some, like, older gentlemen who I remain okay, so, anonymous. Okay, so it was like you saw, you saw people yeah, that was you respected. Cool yeah. Right. And and then you just kind of took took that role as what they were what they were doing. And I feel like that's the problem, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw dudes wearing Jordans, you know, rocking jerseys, you know, 3X jerseys back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're in, you're if you're from Jersey or yeah. New York, you know what we're talking yeah. about, oversized pants and all that. But uh So to the kid, to the to the 14-year-old now that's saying, "Okay, I know I can make a few extra dollars to buy Jordans and I look up to these 17, 18, 20-year-olds that are selling drugs." Like what's your advice to them? There's no 401k in selling yay, bro. There you go. I <laughs> like <laughs> it. So did that progress? Now that you say selling yay, obviously there's this different. It's I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, I guess same, same. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've tried my best. You know, I, I feel like weed is like a slap on the wrist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially nowadays, yeah. Yeah, especially now. But, I mean, you could probably. You know, not to justify it because obviously you can be so much more productive uh, without it. But I would just say, you know, there's no, there's no longevity in that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I kind of like, you know, and, and um, I told my friend this, you know, a while ago, uh, the average a price for an ounce of weed is maybe like two, three hundred bucks. You can get your real estate license for two, three hundred bucks. <laughs> there you go. I like you know that. What I mean, yeah. I like so that. like which one, you know, which so you're saying better? if you can take your hustler hustle. spirit and take it away from the illegal game and put it in the legal game, you can make so Maybe much good. more money. Yeah. When was that realization for you? Um. What, this was about maybe about 10 years back. Okay. Because uh, we grew up together. So by the time we were 18, 19, by the time I got back from college, I'll say that, um, you were you were married, right? Is, is that okay to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, you were yeah. married the first oh, yeah, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that this was was, awesome. and this was still something that you were you were taking part of. So you were okay, yes. Yeah, so I come back from the Navy. Okay. And I get married. Um Yo, don't get married out of, like, loneliness. That's, like, mm. good advice. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, you know, I'm cold. So I'm just, you know. You know, it's a little brisk out here. I yeah. should have wore the, the long shirt. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, polo, yeah, you know. Cold. I'm cold, so I'm going to sign the illest contract ever <laughs> made for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, how, so, so you get married right out of the Navy. What happens? Get married um, for all the wrong reasons. This one, I'm, like, you know, really... Um, uh, going off the deep edge, uh, but shout out, shout out to her, shout out to her because the one thing that she did tell me was um, there was one night 
that I was going to go make a drop. And um, she just said, she was like, listen, I don't have a good feeling. Don't go out tonight. And uh, I didn't. And come to find out, the dude who I was going to drop it to got pulled over and they knew who I was. Mm. And then after that point, I pretty much, whatever I had left, I got rid of. And and that was it. And that was it. So it was like that that wake up call. That was it. Like that was too close. Mm. <laughs> right. So shout out to you. Yeah. No, you know who you really. are. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, you know what? And that's, you know, and there's too many stories where people sell drugs, rob people, do burglaries, and it takes them spending time in prison to then realize, yeah. oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So, it, you know, sure. it, good, it was, you know, a blessing to you that it happened before and you said, you know what? I'm going to stop because you could take two roads, right? This is like the trauma we talk about. You could take two roads. You could say, okay, I got away with it today. I'm unstoppable. Like, I just right. got someone on my side. I'm going to keep doing this. And that's or what happens. Yeah. you could take the road that you did that now led you to this. Now, do you have any kids? Uh, I have a beautiful 11-month-old. Uh, nice. Yeah. Boy, girl? Boy. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I, I, Congratulations. I, I joke around with the wife and I tell her all my exes forgave me. Because, you know, I got the boy first. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, congratulations to you because Thank you, sir. this is something that we talk about now. If there's kids listening and, you know, if they're 16, 17, 18, and they're thinking about getting that quick buck, they could just say, okay, well, maybe we didn't do that, but you did. And you said, you know what, you're giving them a message of this is not the path. Put it towards the right entrepreneurship right. and you could have a beautiful family like you have now. And you, uh, you can you. tell me what you think about this, but... I, since you're around a lot of young people all mm. the time, uh, it seems to me like there's a big amount of energy that young young guys have in particular that gets missteered, like it gets misdirected really easily. Just, so, it takes something super simple for them to just get a little bit off focus, and then that's the trajectory of their life. It's funny you mention that because um, I threw a, I, I ended up getting a, a student credit card when I was 18. Wow. And then... Throwing a hotel party, maxing out the credit card. <laughs> I think I went to that party. <laughs> yo, you might, yo, you might have. Yeah. And it was like, it was wild. And it was horrible because I could have used that to open up a business at the time right. or, you know, be smarter. Um, invest, you know, invest in the future, invest in real estate, invest in, in things that don't go out of style. Hair always grows. I never go out of business. Mm -hmm. you know, right. So long as I have my two hands, you know what I mean? love that. I think that's where it starts to make sense, the old, uh, the old saying, youth is wasted on the young. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you're that young and you have all that energy and you're yeah. just, you have all these desires, it's easy to just kind of do the first thing that pops up instead of thinking long-term with longevity and planning something that has a foundation and structure right. around it. So if you knew, this is one of, one of our, the, our questions, is that if you knew what you know now, back then when you were 15, 16, what would you have done different? Or, even better question, what would you tell your son when he's 10, 11, 12? How would you set him up? That's a great question. That is a great question. Uh, I would smack myself upside the head, mm. honestly. Um, uh, but I would tell him that life is hard. Mm. Yeah, Life is suffering. Amen you know? to that. Yeah. yeah, and I think it just takes uh, learning how to engage with life properly by, to, to really excel in it. You know, and I think that's what uh, being a father is really about. It's about giving giving direction to the kids that you father. Right? Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Um, obviously, I, I never want him. Uh, I'm going to make sure that he doesn't know what it's like to suffer. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, I remember a time uh, when, uh, you know, we were living in Patterson, and we thought the car got robbed, but it really got repoed. Mm. Oh, wow. You know? So, I, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that he never knows that. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, if I may, you know, part of my French, life no, fucking no, sucks, yeah. Yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, be like real. It, yep. Yeah, it's hard, you know? And everybody, like, likes the glitz, the glamour, the IG, the, the nice things. But uh, I think it's the things that you do behind the scenes that matter. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's fucking hard. So how do you, how do, you, how do we prepare? You know, you're, you're a father to your son, but you're also basically like kind of a father to the people who come into your shop. So how, how do we prepare them? If we say life sucks, which we all know, but that's what we like to talk about. Hey, that's why it's fight over flight because we got to fight. Fight over flight. And have I, to. that's why I love this. Yeah. Because the reality to. of it is I have to separate myself from that um, mentality. 
Mm-hmm. And I have to say, listen, you have certain obligations, certain responsibilities. Handle your handles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're really good at, at being objective in the face of suffering. Uh, one of the reasons so. that, that Josh and I connect is because we have, he more so, I think, taught me the ability to just say, all right, X, Y, and Z is happening and, and life is really hard right now. What is the objective solution mm-hmm. from this? Removing emotion, removing any kind of like uh, biased perspective. How do I get out of this now? Mm-hmm. You know, let's not worry about the fact that we're in it and mellow, you know, and be like all melodramatic about it. Let's figure out a solution to this. And I think that's that's one thing that he's really helped me kind of implement into my own character. That's powerful, man. Yeah, Yeah, big time. There's an old saying I heard from a movie. It said, uh, my heart is for my family, but my balls are for business. Mm. (laughs) I like it. That's really good. That's really good. So there's a a low point in your life that I kind of want to touch on. And you tell me if it's cool to go there. Yo, come on, bro. You know. All right. I just want to make sure. I just want to put it on record that I asked permission. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was a point after your first marriage um, where you were sleeping in your car and you were even sleeping in the art factory where we're recording this right now. Um, oh, man. Yeah, okay. So um, so I'm a firm believer in the fact that, you know, well, granted. Let me just say before yeah, you go into dude. it, you did stay at my house for a little while. Yo, <laughs> so it, yo, it's not like I knew you were sleeping in yo, your car yeah, and yeah, I didn't yeah, do anything about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it was it was warm on the basement floor. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the trauma. My room was in that's the, the right floor. now digging deep into what happened in your life. And right. So you're you're at a point now, and let me just paint the picture real quick for people sure. that aren't lis- that are listening. Uh, you you're at a point where you're you're sleeping in your car. You're going to work every day still. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're living out of the minimal things in your car, but you also have a storage unit in town, and you're just parked next to the storage unit, and that's where you sleep every night. Um, yeah. I, I remember being there with and you. I had a gym membership, and I yeah. used to just go there just to, like, take a shower, stuff right. like that. That was fun. Yeah, I remember being with, there with you and thinking to myself, like, this is the, the wake-up call of wake-up calls, you know? And, and I don't know if that's, um, that's coming from, like, a professional standpoint or, or what, but, I mean, we've had real, real deep moral arguments. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely, because, it's like, at that point, that's where, that's where my uh, – kind of compartmentalization comes into because I'm like, okay, so long as you have the basics of life, you're good. Mm. Like what's wrong? You have people, uh, I think a stat is if you have more than two pairs of shoes, you're richer than 80% of the world. (laughs) You know, that's crazy. And we're sitting here like, oh, I don't have the new iPhone, but Mm. you know, there's kids in freaking that don't have clean water and they're dying from freaking, you know, diarrhea, you know what I mean? Which is stupid. So, so this is the the fight in your, in your fight over flight. I'd say this, this era. Definitely. Yeah. So what was it like being there? What was your mindset? Where did you go from there to say, like, things have to change, man? Um, yeah. And if you can, if you could walk me through, because I don't know your story. Right? Yeah, sure. And, and either, do yeah, the yeah, listen- yeah, yeah, yeah. either do the listeners. So yeah. if you can, because that seems like your rock bottom moment, your your moment where you end up building this resiliency. So if you could just, you know, take me through it, man. So living um, in your car. So after that fact. So I ended up living in my car because of mom. Right. Right? Right, that's right. So, okay. so I break up with my ex. Um, and I'm mad at her because she took the Xbox and the dog. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You can't take both. You can't take both. Come on, give me one. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I break up with her. And then, you know, I move out. Um, and, I, and I get like a little studio apartment. And uh, my mom and dad separate. And at that point, she couldn't, um, I'm sorry, she was, uh, it was like a crazy conundrum that she couldn't, like, pretty much stay where she was at. So I, I gave her my apartment, you know, my little studio wow. apartment. I'm like, Mom, you know, and I put all my stuff into storage. And then, um, long story short, I stayed in my car for, like, probably, like, two, three months. Wow. And I was just rocking out, like going to work every day, like nothing happened. I would take my, my clothes in this in the steam room and just like hang them up and like, you know what I mean? And wow. nobody knew. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the surprising parts for me is that if you would go to his job, because he didn't have the barber the barber house yet, he was working for another barber shop. If yeah. you were to go there, you would have I'm no always buttoning up, you know what I mean? Like looking I should and you wear, were, yeah. You were taking a shower in the gym. Yeah. And putting your clothes in the steam room. Clothes in the steam room, sleeping in the car. How did did, did you think did you ever think that I mean, that's crazy, man. Did you ever think there was a way out? Uh, 
I knew I had a skill I could fall back on. Because three months, though, can seem like three years in, in, a, in a really bad situation. Right. I mean, after that, that, so for that three months, I was still, mind you, paying for the apartment for, you know, moms. Um, and then, you know, I was just grinding so and then I can get my own. So I would just, like, go all day, freaking grind out, and then just crash. You know, pass out in the car and, yeah, wake up, do it the next day. It's fun. From that's crazy, man. <laughs> from an outside perspective, it, it seemed like that those three months were super transformative for you in in the sense of like giving you the the resiliency, which we talk about all the time here, to Damn. do whatever it took to never be in that situation again. Yeah, because and you know I love it. Fight or flight. Yeah. You no, know, what are you gonna do in in the face of adversity? Yep. You know, right. Right. I mean, that's where true character shines, right? Yeah. It's like when you're in the face of adversity. The way I like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, man, it's just, I'm, I'm still like wrapping my head because like, you know the story. So me hearing it for the first time is crazy because I'm just looking at it as, I'll just say January, right? Mm. Okay, January 7th, I'm in my car. The next day I work 10 hours or more. January 25th, I'm still in the car. February 3rd, I'm still in the car. Like, how do you... Because, thankfully, it wasn't that cold. I think it was like during like the the summer, right, right, fall right. months, <laughs> and that's like the optimistic view, right? Yeah. Of the well, positive, it wasn't cold out. right? It the positive of, slang, of sleeping in a car. Yeah. How do you, for the person now that's saying that they don't have enough money, or they think they don't have enough money to get by in life, or they think that they're only going to be able to make enough to just pay the bills, they can never excel. How do you go from someone who sleeps in their car for months? takes a shower at the gym, still goes to work professional, and then now owns two barbershops. I mean, that's like a crazy shift. Because I know people who have more money than sleeping in a car, and they still think that they can't get out of their rut. Right, They're st- they still think that nothing is going their way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, do you, how, do you, how did you say in that car, like, what was that mindset to be, like, to just be so resilient through that? I, th- I think it was more of a fact of, like, you know, what are the necessities of life? Mm. You know what I mean? And if and for all or for all the guys that think they're, you know, they're the, the man of the house and all that, you know, you need a, a house. You know what I mean? Well, I would say first two is car mm. and phone. Mm. You can't make no, no moves without that, you know? Um, and then eventually, if you want to start, you know, getting serious with a girl, whatever the case may be, then house. And then now you have to start thinking about other things, kids, all that stuff. Um, but these are basics of life. Mm-hmm. Anything after that, it's like, what are you wasting your time on? You know, chasing after this girl. Oh, you know, she, I love her. She loves me. She doesn't love me. You know, not like yeah. that's a waste of time. You know, how do you go to work dressed professional and act professional in this, when you're in a living situation like that? Like, what's your mindset? How do you do that? Because I know people who have a phenomenal careers and their mindsets are in the gutter. So how do you go from being in? Knowing what you're going through and what you're going home to, and what you're going home to, <laughs> right. to still be able to do a good job at work, be professional, make people laugh, and, and change lives at the barbershop. Um, respectfully, these people pay me for my time. Mm. Interesting. You know? So it's just that sense of worth that you know what you're worth. Yeah, like they're paying me to hang out with me essentially. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm cutting the hair, but I, I like I have a conversation like I'm having with you with them, and you know, I had known guys for years. You know, and, you know, we hang out. I go to their kids' birthday parties, you know. So it's a sense of duty. It's a sense of, uh, it's a sense oh, of. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Duty is probably the right yeah, word. Yeah, for duty. It. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Because you could have just said, all right, I'm never going to get out of my car. I quit. I'm going to go do heroin because right. this is going to be my life. Right. Yeah. I mean, that in a lot of ways is way easier, way than, easier. Than, the, than the counter. Yeah, but that's like, that's like stopping yourself. You know, if you know you're falling, you know, where do you stop yourself? Mm. You know, and don't get me wrong, at that time, I was, like, really, you know, I was, like, freaking, you know, smoking weed excessively, Mm -hmm. drinking. You know, I never really went beyond that, um, thankfully. You know, I think it was my mom's prayers, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. That lady don't stop praying for you. (laughs) Nope. Thank you, mama. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, ultimately, you know, I think it's just a sense of, like, yeah, I, I have to do better. I want to further the timeline a little bit because I, I know how you transitioned 
and I think like when you're telling the story, it's just like I don't know. I'm getting like lost in moments. It, you know, I mean, you all, know. Though. It's all the lights, yeah. yeah. And also, he, <laughs> he does monologues. He doesn't right, do. Right. He doesn't right, answer right, right, questions. Right, right. He's like a Schmidt from New Girl. Yeah. You ever seen that? No. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's a horrible reference. I do. Yo, that's because of you, wifey, reference. I watch New Girl. Yo, that's a horrible reference. Bro. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's perfect, actually. Um, right after, right after. You were, that's, That's exactly it. I just came up with Terrible. Um, right after you were kind of in your car, the only reason you got out of there was because you found a place at the art factory. Yes. Can Shout you tell, out to the art factory. Can you tell us what that was like and the fact that you weren't really supposed to live here? <laughs> like, you're yeah. not really supposed Where to Where we're shooting residence. right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. This is why I like full circle. And we're talking about, again, you know, as of this point, you're like 15 years ago. No, maybe, maybe like 10. 10 yeah. But still, you know, yeah. like 10 years ago. So now you're sleeping in the art factory, which for Sleep people that don't fact, know, it's just it's a so warehouse. I, it's a I warehouse. put a barber chair there. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 like dope-ass warehouse. I put a barber chair there, had a futon, had like a cabinet that was closed so nobody knew what was in it, and I had a desk. And, and at the yeah. time, the art factory was really new. Mm. So nobody really knew what it was yet. You know, you could get some office space, but the office space was really just like, uh, uh, what is it? plywood mm. and you know and you're sectioned off into different rooms <laughs> and then there's that's the crazy. common area and and that's really it. there's not a kitchen you know there's not private bathrooms or anything so your setup was essentially once again just kind of covering the fact that you didn't have anywhere else to go like the futon went up into a couch as soon as the door opened and that was really that was really the long and short of it i always made money cutting hair though oh and you had a barber chair in there too <laughs> Now, how did you, when you got out of this, right, and now you get into your first apartment or whatever you, what was the gratitude of that? Um, Actually, in my adult life, I think uh, I've only cried maybe two or three times. Uh, Two of my funerals and one of them when 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 me and my brother actually got our mom an apartment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that was powerful, like, man. Yeah, it was it was you know I never forget that. That was awesome. Now your brother is he younger than you? Uh, two years younger. Yeah. Okay. So I di- I met your brother at a he got baptized at at one of our at our yeah. church house of worship. Yeah, yeah he seemed yeah. like a really good guy, man. Yeah, he's better than me. I tell him all the time. I'm like, yo, be better, bro. He's smarter than me. You know. Yeah. So you two are like building this little empire together. Yeah, definitely. Like a yin and yang, mm. you know? Very much yang, very much yang. <laughs> <laughs> They're on two opposite sides. It's great. You know, but it's a good balance, though, yeah, you know? it's a good balance, I'm very, for I'm, sure. Very, I'm very grateful. Yeah. Hmm. So now, okay. So now when you, when you, obviously the grind didn't stop when you got out of living in the art factory because oh, you got an apartment and now you got a business and then now your trajectory is just up and up and up. That's it, brother. It's, um, I think it's just a sense of, like, knowing what you want. You know, my goal is to have, like, a farm, a little winery. Oh, really? Oh, nice, man. That's interesting. little winery, a little bed and breakfast, you know. In Jersey Same. or down south somewhere? Pennsylvania, right? Pennsylvania. I love yeah. Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice. Just, you know, I, I would like to stay around here, but a little warmer wouldn't be bad. I want to ask this because this is a lot of what we what we've talked about. Um, spirituality. What role do you think that played throughout this whole journey? So you go from, you know, selling drugs and you're married at the time. Now you're divorced. You're you're using drugs, um, out weed. Not you know. But um, sure. now you're you're living by yourself in a factory. And like you're going through all of these trials. You're going through all of these tests. Where what does God look like to you? Where does it line up within all of all of these kind of down moments and up moments? Um, I'm very very grateful. Uh, God is, God is good. Um, you know, if if I if I can be honest, of course, be completely candid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't deserve God's favor over my life, and that's why I do the things that I do. And even in this whole process of uh, of me and my, it's really my decisions. A lot of people say, oh, it's a devil, the devil, the devil. It's like, no, I chose to do this. Mm. I chose to do that. Right. You know, and like once we start taking, a, a, you know, responsibility for our actions, 
it doesn't become like, oh, the devil did this. It's like, no, Josh, you were just stupid. Mm. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah like, you, you know, take responsibility. You fell in love with a stripper, Josh. That's like, you know, you, like you well, messed up. You know? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I had a pastor tell me that we need to not worry about the devil as much as worrying about what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's something that I said, wow, you know. It's so true. I mean, just f- from what scripture says, like the the devil, the enemy, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, presents options. And he just presents them. And then it's up to us to agree or disagree mm-hmm. with whatever whatever they're presenting to us. And and I think that's one of, one of your main points is like the the decisions that you make formulate and, and they create what your life is going to be, regardless of what options are placed in front of you. And I think it's just the wisdom and knowing what options to pick and which ones to not pick, you know. But I, I think it's also, you know, the devil knows, bro. He's never going to tempt you with an ugly girl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's oh, good. You know, it's just opening it. more and more. I like it. You know I mean? He knows. It's opening up. It's this opening isn't up. anything. Yeah, yeah. I yeah like I mean, it. He knows, bro. I like it. You know, if if you're not a, uh, I don't do crack, bro. So he knows. Like, oh, yeah. if you have a crack rocker, I'm not gonna like. Right. I'm like. Bro. Right. Uh, it's very specific things that that present themselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So so in in the context of like spirituality and stuff, what was what what were the times where you were leaning on God the most? Were you leaning on God at all? Mm. Um, what was that like, and where are you at now with that? Um, so God knows my heart, you know, and I will say this respectfully, but also um, humbly. Um, there's there's a huge difference between being religious and being about that life. Mm. And I'm the type of person that I'm not going to play God. You know, I, I feel like there's certain principles in life. You know, you don't mess with a, fam- with a person's family. You don't mess with a, with a man's money. You know what I mean? And you don't mess with God. Mm. You know, so I know that I, I would genuinely say, if somebody t- tells me right now, hey, I'm going to chop your head off, do you believe in God or not? I'm like, yep, absolutely. You know, but it's not that easy. Right. You know, it's like more like on a daily basis. So I rather kind of allow God, and he has been, you know, really working in my heart and and doing these things that I know it's all his favor and all his mercy. Um, there should have been times that I should I, I shouldn't be here with you guys, you know, genuinely. Um, but and did you I, think about that just now because you're doing well, or did you think about that when you were no, going through your struggles? No, all along. All along. But I guess the thing that I, the things that I'm actually thinking about are like, you know, I, you know, I I, I should have been caught up in so many other avenues. You know, uh, uh, from drugs to, uh, you know, you know, maybe having a kid prior to that, that could have deviated my whole course, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, drinking and driving one night, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But so thank God. Yeah, that's awesome. man. now what now? This is something right here that we ask, you know, what what is you know what you went through, right? What are specific roadblocks that people are going to face? Now, we're going to talk about straight up say college isn't for me um i know i have it doesn't just have to be a barber say i'm they have a specific skill whether it's a barber painting anything that's like the entrepreneurial spirit what are the roadblocks that you faced right like money pressure drugs whatever how do you tell people now that are listening like, how to get past those roadblocks. Is it more mentally? Is it leaning on God? Is it leaning on family? What's, like, the critical things for you to get past the roadblocks in your life going to this, to the next stage of your life, I should say? Um, I think the major things are, are uh, what's your structure? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are your principles? You know, and I, I could genuinely say without a shadow of a doubt that uh, I do believe in God wholeheartedly. And it's not because uh, of, you know, the crucifix mm-hmm. on a wall mm-hmm. or my tattoos with the crosses mm-hmm. or, you know, because, you know, my mom said this or, you know, I heard that. It's because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do dirt to people. You don't yep. kill people. You don't, like, steal from people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> basic stuff. You so know you're what saying mean? principles will get you principles. through all roadblocks. And, and I feel like those principles will now say, okay, despite how mad I am, because now you have to separate principles from emotions, Despite how mad I am, mm. I'm not going to act out like this because I have this principle. 
Mm, which ultimately has to come from a godly principle because I was, if you have no principles, then you're just, right. that's yeah. interesting. you're that guy. One you know? of the things no, we talk about a lot is being able to rely on something outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if that something is, isn't it, it eternally good, then it's the shaky ground to rely on it, right? Because then you're putting your hands in the, and you're putting your life in the hands of something that's not necessarily unflawed. Yeah. So I, concrete. I, yeah, concrete. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a great way to, a great piece of advice for anybody that's young, that's old, that's going through life uh, kind of unaware of how to navigate it, right? It's like set your principles, understand why you have those principles and where they come from, and then don't deviate from them because of emotion. Definitely. I think that I think that's such a wise thing that yep. it takes a long time to yeah. develop. I think that's probably one of the greatest points, you know, is that that's what you're saying is that you have your principles and don't let your emotions of being poor you know, doing this, doing yeah, that. Yeah, because all that is temporary. I like that, man. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a great. Like, you think back in high school, obviously, we're all a little older. Yeah. Um, you know, four years, that was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that came you know, in mind super quick. One semester is like, oh, shit. Like, what can you change in three months? Yeah. You know? Right. It takes six months to affect your credit score. You know, a year. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so let, let's wind it down a little bit. Let's, sure. let's start kind of wrapping this thing up. Um can you read that? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, this is one thing that we like to ask because you are resilient. You are a fighter. You chose to fight, and you didn't choose to take flight. So, having gone through what you've went through, you fought, you fought, and you won. So, can you please tell the listeners now how important it is to fight through what we like to call the storm, to fight through the storm and not take flight on life? So, how important is it, and why is it important? Um, I don't know if this is personal. I mean, it's both personal and business advice, but if you don't make your own dreams happen, somebody else will pay you to do so. Mm. You know, um, you know whether you pay with your time, with your energy, with your emotions, resources, uh, at the end of the day, you're going to pay. So why not invest in yourself mm. instead of essentially, you know, banking on somebody else to make your dreams come true, which is never going to happen. Mm. You know, and the sense of entitlement is is false. You know, I, I think it's more of a fact of, like, do what you have to do, despite whatever. So you're saying in, in, in all situations, you have to fight because... Yeah. I, I would I would encourage everybody to do some type of martial art, mm. you know, because I feel like martial arts is very... Uh, it's a very pure energy. Mm. It's like either you're on the offensive or, or defensive. You know, I try to, like, you know, stay in shape, do tournaments every once in a while, you know, nice. just get in, but... You know, it's a very like, you know, I think about it like, shoot, if I don't, you know, if I don't work, I'm not going to provide for my family. Right. Just like if I was being attacked, if my wife and kid were like right here and being attacked, like, what am I going to do? Right. right. No, I'm sorry. So taking, <laughs> taking flight has never been part of your DNA. Can't be. I like that. Good. Yeah. No other way. Yeah. Can't be. I like it. I think, I think there's a, a lot of people that maybe do take flight because they've never experienced that kind of. I want to say animalistic mm-hmm. need for survival, yep. right? And so because if you haven't gone through that, it's easy to be like, no, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that. And just out of sight, out of mind. I would say, though, um, I think it's important for everybody to take a step back every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like fight, yes, but flight, like, you know, and um, I have to, like, genuinely say, if you don't do that, you're going to go crazy. You know, and I feel like that pressure that's on a lot of people. Sometimes you have to say, like, listen, I'm not, I can't do this right now. I'm not dealing with you. You know, oh, whatever, you're an asshole, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and, you know, I've lost friends like that. But because I'm, like, I'm trying to progress, and you're, like, sitting here, bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, listen, I need to take a step back, you know, or I need to take a day off. Sometimes I'll just go fishing. Yeah. Like, hey, babe, I'm going to wake up early on a, on, on a Sunday and just go fishing. You know, I'll be back home by 10. I'm out by 5. Nice. You know? She wants to wake up for, you know, for the baby. I'm like, no, nah, babe, I'm sleeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it, man. That's good. Take a step back and kind of yeah, you have to. recharge the batteries. At least once a week, that day of rest, you yeah. know, that's Sabbath. Yep, recharge your batteries. I like it, man. So now, where can the listeners connect with you online? Where is your barbershops located so they uh, can get so a fresh cut? MoraliBarberHouse.com. Uh, and I hope to see you soon. Yes. And, and it looks like you need to come by soon. Yes. Definitely and birthday boy, definitely. Yeah. So spell, can you spell it for us? M-O-R-A-L-I. Barberhouse.com. Dot com. Gotcha. And then where is it located? Uh, one in Midland Park and one in Mawa. Gotcha. And they can just Google it. 
Google it. We're trying to do a lot of different things now. We're trying to really uh, expand awesome. and, and make it a lifestyle awesome. uh, brand because the haircut is just the first part, you know? Yep. And now you're on Instagram, Facebook, everything? Instagram, RileyBarberHouse.com, Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Do you have any, uh, well, do you have anything, Ainge? Cause no, I think I think we had a real productive conversation. So um, I think in closing, I think maybe we leave a question for the listeners. I don't know, I'm throwing mm. an audible at you. Yeah, that is an audible. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, so hmm, you are getting at me. Maybe the question could be because this is, I'm still like trying to wrap my head around the whole, what would I do? What would my mindset be mm. living in a car, showering at the gym? Right. You know, like what would, what could get me through that? I mean, I don't even know how you did that. So, trying to think of a question for the listeners, give them a little bit of a homework assignment. Mm. Um, you know, put put yourself in his shoes. How about that? Well, well I think sometimes I uh, we get caught up in the day to day and forget about the big picture. Mm. Um, and then sometimes we get caught up in the big 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 picture and forget about the day to day. You know. So That's I would say do both. Yeah, yeah awesome. have that balance. Yeah. All right, so now, so wherever you are in your life, I want you to evaluate it as a listener. Mm-hmm. Evaluate it, whatever you think that's going wrong in your life, right? Right, and see how you can change your mindset. So think of right now, what's the number one thing that's going wrong in your life? Right. Whether it's financial, spiritual, physical, emotional, whatever it is, find that one thing, and then attack it this week. Love it. Right? Yeah. So, like, if you if you haven't talked, if you're getting and to an argument. Yeah, cut the nonsense. Yeah, cut the You know, cut the, fat, cut the fat out, whatever that's whatever it. doesn't belong. You know, don't worry about that girl that's not texting you back. Yep. <laughs> you right. know, she's not paying your bills. Right. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Yeah, attack, right. attack something meaningful today mm-hmm. or this week. Attack something meaningful. If you haven't talked to a parent um, yep. in, in, in a long time because of some fight, mm-hmm. how about this? Let's just... You attack yeah. that and, and and get over it. And let's let's do it together. And share know. your story. You know, yep. like comment on something. You can you can personal message us if you yep. need to. Just share your story because it'll help somebody. Without a doubt. You guys are great, man. Yo, Fight over flight. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank Thanks you for, for coming, coming brother. Yeah, appreciate please. it, man. You. My pleasure. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, dog. Um, yeah. So don't forget subscribe, like, comment, Instagram, Definitely. Facebook. Don't forget we uh, started the Facebook. Group, yeah. the Facebook community group. So, Fight Over Flight community on Facebook. It's a private group. Make sure you go there. We have about 230 members yes. in a week. And people are already sharing their stories. People are being open. People are being honest. People, awesome, are, when they're having bad days, they're saying, hey, today I'm struggling. And then they're, they're just getting hit, wow. bombarded with yeah. positive messages. So, yep. if awesome. you're not the part of that. Yeah, man. So, if you're not part of that Fight Over Flight community on, on Facebook, please request it. We'll accept you. Um, subscribe, YouTube. The podcast app for audio if you want to listen in the yeah, car Apple and podcast. the gym. Uh, you know, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And uh, God bless. God bless. Amen.